Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Decoding the Unknown. As always, hello, I'm your host, Simon. What happens here is one of my writers today, Katie, has written me a script. This is all about Schatzgraber, the Nazi secret Arctic base. Which I get the feeling did not exist, but that's what we do on the Decoding the Unknown. The Decoding the Unknown on this show. We look at light rumors and mysteries and the unsolved, and we try and solve them, sometimes successfully. Mostly, we just seem to make a lot of fun about ghosts. Anyway, what we're going to do, I'm going to read it. I've never read this before. It's all brand new to me. We're going to explore it together, so let's go. Nazis. Secret bases. The occult. Polar bears. You may be forgiven for thinking that this was the plot of a forthcoming Indiana Jones movie. Maybe one where a geriatric indie a, shovels across a frozen tundra to discover a secret Nazi base buried under the Arctic waves. Yeah, Harrison Ford's gotta be quite old now, doesn't he? He keeps crashing planes, doesn't he? Isn't that a thing Harrison Ford does? He's really into aviation. Didn't he land on the taxiway at some point? It's like, dude, what are you up to? That's really dangerous and they shouldn't let you fly anymore. Like, they take old people's uh, driver's license away. Harrison Ford's not that old though, is he? I feel like if you're in your 80s, they should maybe be testing you every year to make sure that you can still fly. He's 79. Well, Harrison, I got some good news. Under my rulership, you'd have another four months of being able to fly. <laughs> then you turn 80 and you've got to have a license check every year to make sure well they make you take a medical every couple of years at least in europe he finds the spear of destiny somewhere which he later uses to defend off a polar bear or maybe not anyway just the mention of secret bases anywhere is pretty exciting and tagging the word nazi on it just opens the door for way more questions and also opens the door or what should i say closes the door to simon's monetization on youtube which is brilliant <laughs> first word in the script is literally nazis yeah, this is one I'm going to have to appeal. And then because YouTube is mostly made up of robots, they'll be like, a human has looked at your video and determined that it is not suitable for monetization. And it's like, obviously no one did, because this isn't about promoting Nazi ideology. At all. What the f*** YouTube. So was there really a Nazi base somewhere in the Arctic Circle? Yes, there was. Holy sh! really? And what were they doing there? Well, therein lies the mystery, so let's go over what we actually know, and then take a more speculative expedition into the unknown. Just to note that this episode contains mockery of the Nazi party and their beliefs. See, that's what we do here. We do not promote Nazi ideology. Although YouTube will be like, Simon, you talked about promoting Nazi ideology the first three minutes. And I talked about the idea of promoting Nazi ideology, something that I don't like, obviously. <laughs> It's a very small niche of people who are into promoting Nazi ideology, despite what the internet might tell you. If you find this offensive, it might be time to look at your life choices so far. Onward, maybe grab yourself some woolly hats and fluffy gloves, because it's going to get 
a bit chilly. Whatever the weather. When invading and defending your country from land, sea, and air, it probably helps to have a good handle on what the weather's doing. You want to avoid thunderstorms if you're planning a naval operation, for example, or heavy winds during bombing raids. You could also use bad weather to your advantage for masking convoy movements. During the Second World War, this was a big advantage. Damn, so many of your other stations were high-value targets. Nowadays, they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sergeant, captain, whoever the, however the ranking works in the military. What does Google weather say? It says it's gonna be sunny. Let's go! No, I know they have like radar stations and stuff, but you know, I also like. I have to say, I'm learning to fly. I haven't had a lesson in two months because I don't know. I'm so busy. <laughs> I feel bad about it. But like, I definitely check. You know, I could check the radar thing for weather. But I'm just like, I'm just gonna look on Apple Weather app to see if I'm if it's gonna be too windy or too rainy or whatever. So, I think that's what we could use in a military situation as well. To be honest, I think it'd be fine. The Allied troops had a big jump on the German army when it came to weather intelligence as weather stations were available all across the North Atlantic from Canada to Greenland to Iceland and Great Britain. That meant that the Allies had quite advanced and accurate knowledge of upcoming weather fronts that they could use uh, to plan their operations more successfully. There was also a fleet of weather ships established in the Atlantic, mainly run by the United States, with over 20 reporting back on conditions across the ocean by 1945. <laughs> They'd be like, good news, whistle, we're introducing conscription. I'd be like, how the f*** is that good news and they'll be like well it's good news for us because we'll get more soldiers and they'll be like immediately be like okay what are my options front in line infantry <laughs> death like instantly I'm, I'm just not competent enough to do that i'll be like hmm weather ship <laughs> how do i bribe myself onto one of those <laughs> These ships were so useful in their collection of data that a lot were kept on for several decades after the war, the last weather ship finally being decommissioned in 2010. I reckon it was just the sailors were like, we really like weather ship duty. And it's like, no, 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 we don't need it anymore. We've, we've got all this satellite information and they'll be like, well, we're going to union up. <laughs> we're keeping the goddamn weather ships. It is the cushiest of all the jobs. Germany tried to get onto the weather ship train, but most of their tiny fleet was destroyed quite quickly, so they had to resort to using regular small fishing ships to gain any intelligence. The German German armies did send U-boats further north to gain meteorological information and also used planes, but the planes made for easy targets for the U and the U-boats were also limited in the amount of weather data they could receive and send. Physical weather stations would be much better for the Germans, but because of the geographical locations of Germany compared with the Allies, it wasn't easy to get weather stations built anywhere where A, they would be useful, B, they could do it without being spotted. I get the feeling that they're about to build a weather station in Antarctica, and that's the secret Nazi base. It's a weather station. <laughs> Prepare to be disappointed. Okay, everybody ready? But it seems they did manage to do it, and pretty successfully, because there were rumors about a secret base somewhere in the Arctic Circle. It wasn't until the mid-50s that word of its existence even came out. This is the thing with the Nazis, right? You're always like, oh my god, they were so advanced, they were building jet fighters and sun guns and all these crazy weapons. And it's like, yeah, 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 they were, and they, but they were all a bit shit, or didn't actually exist in cases of the sun gun, or it was like some crazy theoretical like, Nazi scientist who was like, we must build a giant mirror in space, and they'd be like, it's completely impractical. I'm sorry, Hans. <laughs> and that's what we want to hear about when we hear about Nazi secret bases. But instead, it's like, nah, it's just a little wind thing. If it had, it was one of those little things with like four little cups sticking off it, which spin around. Great. But it seems they did manage to do it pretty successfully because while there were rumors about a secret base somewhere in the Arctic Circle, it wasn't until the mid-1950s that word of its existence even came out. Yeah, but, but just because it was probably boring. <laughs> it's like, nah, we knew about it, just no one cares. Schadzgraber. 
Have you ever heard of a place called Alexandra Land? I feel like yes, actually, but that's because I have a channel about geography. And no, it's not a place full of people called Alexandra. It's an island that now belongs to Russia, and it's 620 miles, or just shy of a thousand kilometers away from the North Pole. Confusingly, there's also Alexander. Oh, I see. There's Alexandra and Alexander lands, which is near the South Pole. We're not talking about that one right now, so let's get our, all our attention and focus it on the North. When it became clear that Germany was falling behind in the weather prediction department, Hitler gave direct orders for land-based weather stations to be set up somewhere in the Arctic Circle. In 1943, the small station was set up on the partially glaciered over and otherwise pretty deserted islands of Alexandra land, which is about 650 miles or 1,100 kilometers north of the main Russian coast. This was apparently going to be the first in a whole network of weather stations dotted around the Arctic Circle, and the initial team sent to Alexandra Land consisted of around 10 people, including meteorologists, radio technicians, and other odd job people. Yeah, I mean, you gotta go up there, it's like, yeah, who are you? I'm the plumber. It's like, do we need a plumber? It's like, well, if, you, well, if the sink starts leaking. My sink started leaking this weekend, and it just started spraying all over the... You, we got this covered, this is not an interesting story, why am I even telling it? A plumber came and fixed it. Brilliant story, Simon, thank you. What a brilliant insight into your life. I also want to say that what my point was, I could not fix it. And my wife was like, can you go in there and have a look? And I'm like, yeah, this is beyond my skills. Like, I grabbed a pipe and it came off in my hands and I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. The team and therefore the base operated under the name Schadzgraber. It was unusual at the time for operations like this to be named after the team leader, but this seems to have been ignored here. It is possible that it was named after someone called Heinrich Schatz, who was going to be the leader for another weather station team, but I only saw this in passing. Schadzgraber literally means to treasure digger and the popular translation is given as treasure hunter, which seems like a weird coincidence to give a small station that's all about collecting weather data. Yeah, but it's also just there to confuse future conspiracy theories because a weather station called Treasure Digger, like the Nazis had a base in Antarctica called Treasure Digger. What the f were they drilling for under that Arctic ice? Already, this already I'm speculating about how this spins out into a movie, right? It's like the Nazis were digging under the ice, under the Arctic permafrost, for viruses that have never before seen the flesh of man. And then they release it on the Allies. Sure, it might have been totally assigned at random, or it could have been a play on Schatz's surname, but from what we know about the Nazis and about Hitler's interests in particular, it definitely hints at a search with treasure or gold in mind. But what kind of thing are we talking about here? Why would the location of the base be of any significance? Is this some sort of Indiana Jones thing after all? Well, maybe. <laughs> okay, we're going to dive into like the internet's world of speculation. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I bet that Arctic virus permafrost is in there. Norse code. As well as being a political party, the Nazi party was into all kinds of weird ideology, religiously and just in general. One of the things it's most remembered for is its obsession with a master race of humans. Although, if I had been Hitler, I might have swung some of the idealized characteristics <laughs> to ones that I actually possessed, rather than going on about how everyone should aspire to look like a complete opposite of myself. It's like, I know this joke has been done to death, but it is weird that, like, a strange-looking man with a mustache and, like, dark black hair was like, THE IDEAL HUMAN IS BLONDE WITH THE BEAUTIFUL BLUE EYES! <laughs> you were like, alright, Hitler. <laughs> Chill out on the self-loathing department, eh? Wow, that is an entire joke, is it, Simon? Well done. <laughs> the aim of the game was to get people fitting the description to reproduce. This would eventually form this so-called superior race, and the other aim was to kill off any group not fitting that criteria of tall, slim, light-skinned, light-haired people with good chins. <laughs> if I was Hitler, I'd be like, THE MASTER RACE HAS THE PERFECT PENCIL MUSTACHE AS THE VERY STRANGE COMORB AND LOVES THE GENOCIDE! ALL OF THE WOMEN MUST LINE UP! <laughs> 
One existing group that was already considered to claim optimum specimens was the Nordic race, with the best of the best being found in Norway and Sweden. Swedes apparently had blood that was over 80% Nordic, while Norwegians contained about 80% Nordic goodness. Okay, <laughs> I don't really know how these numbers are arrived at. They may have just looked at a few photos of various nationalities and gone like, yeah, I'd say they look around 80% Nordic, don't you think? <laughs> what about these guys? 50%? This chin's quite good. I give it a 55. <laughs> anyway, the point I'm trying to get at is that Hitler and the Nazi party co-opted the twisted Norse and Viking mythology, symbols, and history to fit into and falsely legitimize the Third Reich's ideas of racial purity. I'm watching a TV show from the 90s right now called Stargate SG-1, which I loved. And uh, I was like, it's time to rewatch this because it's glorious. And I'm like, they took like mythology and twisted it and made a television show, which is brilliant. Which was a lot better than what the Nazis did. They twisted it and made the Holocaust. <laughs> Fucks. There are signs of Old Norse imagery and symbols all over the place, from the familiar SS logo, which is two sig runes that the Nazis changed the meaning of to now mean victory, to the ultimate Nazi image of the swastika, which was, amongst other things, originally a symbol depicting Norse gods Thor's hammer and the sun. Yeah, I mean, I've been to like Asia, and you get these like temples and shit for like Buddhists doing their Buddhisty things and whatnot. And you'll be like walking around, it's like, wow, there's swastikas everywhere. There's swastikas all over this temple, like carved into the wood, on the ground, like in tiles, everywhere. It's like, what have I walked into? And it's like, oh no, just they had the symbol before the Nazis. And the Nazis were like, well, we're going to use the swastika and they didn't want to burn down all these temples or whatever. <laughs> Holy sh**. But it was weird seeing that for the first time, like, wow, the swastikas everywhere in this temple. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's different if you're hanging out in Asia compared to like Argentina. If you see swastikas all over like some building in Argentina, you're like probably not the Buddhists, is it? Hitler was trying to imbue his army with the power the runes signified, but because all the meanings had been changed to suit their own purposes, it wouldn't have worked anyway. I <laughs> Yeah, that's not the only reason it wouldn't have worked. I found an article called No Nazis in Valhalla by Lena Niegswander in the International Researchscape Journal, which included this useful information. In changing the meaning, the association of the symbols changes. There is already power to be found in Norse symbolism, but it is found within the original Nordic context. A German soldier wearing the Seigel rune on his SS uniform has his own power, but the power source is no longer Norse. Instead, the source is now construed German meaning in the shell of what was once Norse. I'm not sure if she means like psychologically, it's like, yeah, they feel power from these symbols or whether she's actually referring to like magic or some shit, <laughs> which would be a lot weirder. I mean, if you could really harness runic power into natty little uniform badges, armies from every country would be covered in them. <laughs> It'd be like some third world dictator. It's like, what's up with all the badges? Did you earn those? It's like, no, but they look amazing. <laughs> The Third Reich's favorite musician, Wagner, was also a big fan of Norse mythology, with it being a huge inspiration behind his famous opera, The Ring Cycle. Nicewander goes on to say, Through adoption, Wagner created a Germanized portrait of Norse mythology, which was easily palatable to the Nazi cause, transmissible through performance, and likely to be claimed as culture by the common person. This sort of appropriation of Norse myth as German culture, particularly high Germanic culture, only serves to add esteem to the rampant ideas of Nordicism that were so heavily valued by Hitler and his comrades during this time. Man, Hitler and the Nazis would have a rough time with culture in 2020. They'd be like, uh, stop appropriating Nordic culture. I'd be like, yo, is that really what we want to focus on with the Nazis? Because it seems like there's some other stuff that is, I don't want to say worse because I don't want to get cancelled. But I mean, cultural appropriation is, was not, you know, the biggest concern with the Nazis. Like cultural elimination, maybe. Oh my God, this video is it's so demonetized. <laughs> it's not even funny. 
It's like, if this video doesn't have an advert on it, I did not get paid for this video. I just essentially did this for free. <laughs> oh, I hope it's gone ads. <laughs> not that I don't love doing it, but I also like getting paid for my work. And I also have to pay Katie and Jen. Ah. Oh, crap. So, yes, Hitler was head over heels for anything Norse and Nordic at this point. So what's any of this got to do with some bloody treasure hunting thing? Oh, yeah, we're talking about a secret Nazi base in Antarctica. What are we going on about? I'm so lost. Well, it has been rumored that far from just being a weather station and a small base for U-boats to check in at, Schardsgraber was also a cover for archaeological expeditions to find artifacts relating to Norse myths that the Nazis were so in love with. Heinrich Himmler, the commander of the SS, set up a special research group in 1935 called the... Arnenebe, which translates to ancestral heritage, which did all kind of weird stuff to try and prove Germans were somehow descended from the Aryan race, which may or may not have come from Atlantis. Guys, if you're just making shit up, why not just be like Germans are the Aryans? Like anything German. Let's look at the most Germany German and be like, that guy, he's the Aryan. Why did you look at the Nordics and be like, well, they're the Aryans and let's now try and prove our links to them? Why not just be like, no, they're just an inferior race of tall, blonde, blue-eyed people. <laughs> Those weak chins. <laughs> Not powerful at all. Yes, that Atlantis. The Arnanabababa conducted experiments on humans, dove deep into mysticism and the occult, and searched far and wide for historical artifacts. Which actually sounds pretty cool, apart from the human experiments thing and the fact that it was carried out by a bunch of far-right nutjobs. <laughs> they were also trying to rewrite history by claiming that everything was basically created by Nordic people, and that the Nordic writing system was the oldest one in the world, etc. etc. They spent a lot of time combing through literature from places like Iceland, which was seen as a focal points for Viking and Nordic history. Coming across mentions of Thor's hammer in poetic text seemed to make Himmler believe that the hammer was actually real, and that whoever found it would have an extremely powerful weapon. I mean, I get why like people believe in this stuff, because it's like you get down some like internet hole and you're like, oh my god, it's true, <laughs> JFK! You know, you get down one of these conspiracy theory like nut job holes, although the JFK one, I'm like, that is one of those conspiracy theories where I'm like, obviously something's up. <laughs> You guys watch this show, like, uh, unless you're new. Hello, if you're new. I am not a conspiracy theory person. I'm like, mm, I mean, come on. But that JFK one, you're like, I don't know what's going on there, but there's a, there's plenty of super sketchy shit going on there. Uh, but when it's like, and when it's just someone on the internet believing in this bullshit, I'm like, okay, well, waste your time. <laughs> the Nazis are like spending lots of money, resources, which I guess is actually a good thing, because then they're not spending that money and resources on, I don't know, guns, gas, shit. Dark. He wrote this letter to his team in 1940. Have the following researched. Find all places in northern Germanic Aryan cultural world where an understanding of the lightning bolt, the thunderbolt, Thor's hammer, or the flying or throne hammer exists, in addition to all the sculptures of the god depicted with a small hand axe emitting lightning. Please collect all the pictorial, sculptural, written, and mythological evidence of this. I am convinced that this is not based on natural thunder and lightning, but rather that it is an early, highly developed form of war weapon of our forefathers, which was only, of course, possessed by the Asir, the gods, and that it implies an unheard of knowledge of electricity. Um, no, mate. That Himmler <laughs> wants the moon on a stick, that guy. Well, at least he said please. So, could the Schatzgraber team have really been on the lookout for Thor's hammer, aka Mjolnir? or any other Norse stuff. Maybe they were also interested in mythological artifacts from other Arctic cultures. 
Could they have been building some sort of secret weapon? Perhaps they feared they were all going to be on the naughty list who were planning to kidnap Sansa. Well, who knows? It's certainly possible the members of the Adabababa think tank were part of the Shadscrabber group. Group and excavations could easily have been carried out as the whole island was deserted, so they could really do whatever they wanted with no one else around. The purported weather station was totally abandoned in 1944, which was a weird time to leave it as Russia was launching a major offensive operation, so it would have been useful to have as much meteorological information as possible during that period. The whole end to the Schatzgraber's operation is quite the comedy of errors, actually. The people stationed there were supplied with food drops by plane and U-boat, but eventually things were getting scarce as they were way out in the middle of nowhere, so one night they decided to tuck into some yummy polar bear meat. Uh-oh. You can't eat, isn't it? Is it like the livers or is that in the dogs? There's definitely like some parts of animals that you shouldn't be eating. I'd be like, yeah, if we've killed a polar bear, let's just eat like his regular muscles. Let's not eat all the insidey bits because it's like, yeah, 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 I love chicken liver as much as the next person, but I have no idea if I can eat polar bear liver. I mean, I just get the feeling it's, it's going to have that iron poisoning or whatever you get. And not just any old polar bear meat, but some severely undercooked polar bear meat full of worms. Oh my God, guys, how desperate were you? You can even cook it? Jesus. To cut a long and uncomfortable story short, they all got trichinosis from roundworms in the bear meat. This would be horrible at the best of times, but they were all stuck on a freezing island in the Arctic with any hope of rescue or treatment several days away. Eventually, a plane was sent to treat sick men and a doctor was supplied to parachute down to assess the situation. Holy sh**, paratroop doctor. That's quite the job. Uh, but this was his first parachute jump, so the pilot- <laughs> Really? His first parachute jump is into the Arctic Islands and he's got to land on a base and treat people with trichinosis. Also, if I was that doctor, I'd be like, yo, 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 I get why I'm parachuting in. How the f am I getting out of there? Parachute works one way, guys. But so the pilot thought that it'd just make it easy on him and land, but ended up botching the landing and damaging the plane. By this point, some of the ill men were actually delirious and hallucinating, but everyone then had to wait for a U-boat to pick them up or for the plane to be repaired, as I've seen varying endings to this story. The only team member sitting pretty was the one vegetarian in the group. <laughs> it does seem he's probably really hungry. The other guys are desperate enough to eat a bear. Or maybe they just were like, nah, f it, we'll just eat a bear. Why not? It does seem strange that the place was totally abandoned and left to the elements after this episode of food poisoning, as the team was in regular contact with German forces. It, is trichinosis food poisoning? I mean, holy shit, your body's getting ravaged by worms. If someone's like, oh yeah, I got food poisoning, I'm not immediately jumping to their body being filled with worms. I'm like, oh, I probably might eat some funky salad or some shit. As the team was in regular contact with German forces, it wouldn't have been hard to rotate other people in, unless whatever they were actually doing was so skilled and Pacific that there are only 10 people in the country who could have done it, and that doesn't seem likely for just taking weather readings. And why was the place kept so hush-hush that no one found out about it until 1953? I still stand by the fact that it just wasn't that interesting. People didn't find out about it because no one was looking for it. It's a weather station. This is a kind of rhetorical question, as I really have no idea, but it seems that no one was sure if the place even existed until the Soviets started using Alexandraland themselves in the 1950s. But it seemed that their outings to the island didn't last long either, as it wasn't until 2016 when weather conditions were at their most favorable in years that some Russian scientists located the remains of the Shadscraber base and set about documenting and photographing them. They apparently found over 600 items, including books and papers in German, things stamped with swastikas and symbols of the German Wehrmacht, making it pretty much certain the Nazis did indeed have something set up. Up there. Yeah, either that or those Buddhist monks are at it again. Any buildings or structures have long since fallen in and been demolished by the harsh weather in the intervening decades. And in reality, the only things the explorers
Boris found seemed to relate to boring old weather station stuff and general supplies. What a surprise. They haven't found any electricity harnessing hammers, or maybe they did and they're just not telling everyone. I feel like we'd know about that if they did. The Soviets would be like, oh, guys, Cold War isn't going so well. Are we going to use that electrical magic hammer thing or what? They'd be like, fine. <laughs> So while it's fun to think that there may have been ulterior projects going on near the North Pole, there just isn't any evidence that this was the case. Boo-hoo! But, in quite an interesting parallel, there were also rumors of a secret German base near the South Pole. Here we go. That's got to be the interesting one. That's why you tuned into this video. We're going to have something interesting at some point. Or listen to this podcast. The Nazis go south. Ah, yes. Rumors of strange Nazi goings-on in Antarctica have also filtered down through the years, stemming from an expedition that set out in 1938. According to the theories, the Germans made it to Antarctica and claimed a portion of it for themselves. They then started work on a network of bunkers below the ice, which came in handy after the end of the war in 1945, of course. <laughs> Gonna guess Nazi High Command went down there and now is living in bunkers, building future weapons ready for the Fourth Reich and the return of the Aryan race. When Nazi leaders fled to Antarctica until such a time as they felt it was safe to re-emerge. Gonna be waiting a long time, guys. They'll be like, Hans, how long do you think it'll be until this Holocaust thing blows over? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's gonna be a while, guys. It's gonna be a while. I hope you brought lots of food. A couple of U-boats popping up in Argentina shortly after the end of the war helped fuel rumors that Hitler et al. had managed to escape and were dropped off and currently holed up somewhere in Antarctica. There were also alternative suggestions that it was Hitler's ashes that were transported down there and hidden away with other Nazi loot. Unfortunately, for the conspiracy-minded among us, there isn't much holding this theory up. There has been no evidence found in of any large or small-scale secret bunker in Antarctica. Antarctica, and the expedition that set out there in 1938 spent only a month conducting their research before heading back, which wouldn't have been enough time to do much excavating. The U-boat commanders and their crew that turned up in Argentina were all apparently arrested and questioned, but it was eventually decided that nobody of special note had been on board the subs. The Nazis did manage to leave traces of their regime on the frozen continent, however, and it's a pretty good story. And it all starts with whale oil. Tasty, tasty whale oil. New Schwabenland. As mentioned a second ago, there was a German ship that set sail for Antarctica on the down low in December 1938. The reason for their mission was to scout Antarctica in order to build a base there for producing whale oil. What's the value of whale oil? Isn't that the stuff that grows like in their fins and stuff? Or is that sharks? Shark fin soup? Is that a Japanese thing? I'm confused. Hitler was trying to rely less on other countries such as Norway to provide Germany with all the yummy oil-based products they liked. This was to save money and also to ensure a supply if trading was ever cut off for some reason, like, I don't know, a massive world war starting or something like that. Good planning there, Adolf. Apparently, Germans loved that crappy alternative to butter margarine and couldn't get enough of it. It was still made with whale oil at the time, and the sheer amount that Germans used was enough to necessitate a whole operation to be set up in the Antarctic. <laughs> Again, it's like, this is as boring as the weather station. Why did the Nazis build a secret base in Antarctica? It'd be like, the Germans really love, I can't believe it's not butter. They just love that shit. Well, they used it for other stuff too, but honestly, they ate a lot of margarine. Why would this production plant be so far away, you might think? Well, isn't that because that's the where the whales are? That's what I'm going to guess. The whales are down there, because you're not like, oh, there's loads of whales around the German seas. Maybe there are, I don't know. Well, while commercial whaling wasn't outlawed until the mid-1980s, the poor whales were already getting a bit stretched in the 1930s, so the Germans had to go further and further away to find any. The Antarctic base seemed like a good idea. Anyway, this ship was called Schwabenland, and 
It set sail full of scientists, officers, and one Nazi official as per policy. Taking a look at the captain seems to knock the whole secret bunker thing on the head from the start as he was chosen for... <gasps> gasp his experience and knowledge rather than to spearhead any sort of third reich escape plan yeah that's what you think that wailing expert doctor captain no no he was a secret nazi digging expert not likely not likely at all his name was alfred richer and as well as having previous polar exploration experience he was also married to a jewish artist although i did see that they got divorced in 1934 to ensure that his military career wasn't affected so that sucks i feel like jewish artist is the people hitler hates most because obviously he hates the jews but he was also a failed artist so he's like oh, stupid successful artists moving on the schwabenland reached antarctica about a month later in january 1939 and started exploring a supposedly unclaimed bit of land which they very originally named new schwabenland after the boat wow it must have been a great boat in a strange side story one of the reconnaissance planes flying over the area is running low on fuel and had to start throwing out cargo to make itself lighter included in the hastily jettisoned items were apparently a couple of boxes that were filled with small metal swastikas that were meant to be spread over the area to bag it for the nazis wait <laughs> so how are we going to claim antarctica well we've made a big bag full of little metal swastikas i'm going to sprinkle them over the ice it's like that's not how it works you may as well just sell that's mine because the sprinkling of the swastikas is going to make a difference. At some point, someone's just going to have to clear up all these swastikas that you've dropped everywhere. I don't know how legally sound that is, but if I was in a remote area and happened upon a patch of land covered in tiny swastikas, I'd probably start heading the other way pretty sharpish. So yes, apparently there are little Nazi symbols scattered about on the glaciers for all eternity, like little hate sprinkles on a big frozen cake. After they'd mapped a lot of the Antarctic lands, the Schwabenland set off home and managed to discover the Mid-Atlantic Ridge volcanoes on the way back although they weren't called that until a while later so there you go were nazis ever at the poles yes they made it relatively close to both the north and south poles just before or during world war ii did they build secret bases there well yes sort of there was a base on alexandra land that no one knew about until a good few years after the war while its purpose was probably as a weather station there were a couple of questions with timing and why it was abandoned wholesale that could probably point to some other undercover shenanigans yeah and if it was undercover shenanigans they're not looking for a magical electric hammer they're just spying they're just using it to intercept radio bouncing off the ionosphere or something like that you know that's it that was world war ii they were bouncing stuff and they had listening stations right because i don't know much about my granddad but he was in a it might have been my great granddad i don't know it's like one of those stories my my parents that i i don't really know anything about my both my granddads died before i was born so i know nothing about them basically but i remember vaguely that he was in the war he was sent to some like station in the middle of ass nowhere in uh, south africa to like just sit there and listen or something like that this is a half remembered story that i've probably got wrong the name shards grabber translating to treasure hunter is kind of exciting and really does tie into the kind of side missions that hitler and his crew were obsessed with but unfortunately for us no treasures were uncovered or at least none that we know of there was definitely a german expedition to antarctica but this was for research and mapping purposes not to build secret bunkers there wasn't enough time to have any of that done and there had been lots more mapping and building on antarctica since then and nothing has ever been found who knows if it hadn't been for that worm-ridden polar bear maybe the schwarzgraber team would have eventually found proof that they were descended from atlanteans or the location of thor's hammer but then again probably not <laughs> if only they'd stuck it out for longer we'd finally have that thor's hammer thing that everyone's been talking about 
No, not true. Anyway, that's it. That's the end of today's episode. I do hope you liked it. I'm, I like it. I mean, yeah, this is a good one. There were secret bases. The Nazis had a secret base in Antarctica, in the Arctic. Love it. Cool. If you like this show, please, if you're listening to it in this podcast form, hi there. Please do leave it a review. That would be amazing. Always appreciate it. If you're uh, watching on YouTube, please give it a thumbs up. Make sure you're subscribed. And I'll see you next... Oh, wait, have you got, like, suggestions for decoding the unknown let me know in the comments i see people piping off there but i know i never like ask them so if you're watching on youtube and you got a suggestion let me know in the comments below and i'll see you next time seeking the truth never gets old introducing june's journey the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.